We're back. We're back. This is distraction. I'm Drew. That's Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? Woohoo! Tomorrow is my uh, my two-week anniversary of my second dose, and I'm free as a bird, baby. Oh my god! Immortality achieved. I can kiss everybody without any repercussion. You're gonna That's kiss right. all the men and the women. That's right. Everyone's gonna give me some sugar. It's gonna that be was fantastic. That one of the worst Trump imitations ever recorded. Was that a Trump I imitation? Really well, I was. That was a thing he said. But I kind of said it like uh, I don't know who I said it like. I thought it was, it was just Munster? you, but but had something in your throat. Oh, I mean that's yeah. You'll learn over the course of this podcast <laughs> that that's just how I am. The normal hey, voice. that's a that's this week's guest, Roth. She just barged in without introduction in her typical Ashley Feinberg fashion. Uh, it is. Apologies. Oh, it is it's the fine. Inter- Internet's foremost shit postologist, Ashley Feinberg of Trashberg.com. Hi, Ashley. Hey, guys. Doing? Uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm very taken aback by how quickly Drew kind of like turned on his uh, upbeat energy. Because I mean, before we started uh, recording, it, everything was like very mellow, and it was just like a 180 immediately. It was very impressive. That's, that's showbiz, what, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you got to be on. That's what gets me to my level. You think <laughs> I could be this high energy if Drew wasn't yeah, uh, no, carrying me on his back? Something to aspire <sighs> to. He's also to move, I always remember. I was on a reality show, and they, the producer gave me the uh, gave me the instruction of you, but bigger. And so now, when I have like other people on the podcast, You're I doing give it the right. same shallow ass <laughs> advice to them, and I feel like such a like an LA dipshit when I said, like, I want to be you, but bigger. This is a really important theme park ride you're going on. We all want the audience to be very, very happy. Hey, uh, Feinberg, you are, uh, I think, probably one of the most important, if not the most important person, researching the nooks and crannies of the various shit posters and trolls that exist out in the universe. Can you tell me what is new and horrible people this week, this month? How how are all the horrible people out there? Uh, I mean, it's been a big, big year for uh, assholes, especially with 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 Substack, uh, bringing them on and kind of giving them a place to feel like they belong, which is all they've ever really wanted. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and Glenn, I mean... What, what, what the fuck did Glenn do yesterday? I can't. There was something. Oh, it was his uh, tweet about him not smoking weed because it uh, incubated a type of sloth and something, something. He didn't appreciate it, but. This is Glenn Beck, who I assume you're. No. I'm Greenwald, not... Greenwald. Greenwald. Oh, Sorry, oh my I'm, God. I'm, I'm used to just referring to them as uh, their. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're like, a, with that internet posts. people, you're like a Hollywood person. You're like, I had dinner with Mel and Julia, which this, but for you, it's like, <laughs> well, 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 I was, my real family. Yeah, yeah Ashley's, I was reading. Ashley's Lauren Michaels saying that shit. <laughs> like, Bobby De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just in a chat house post with Brett and Barry <laughs> and all my worst friends. Wes Yang. Clubhouse <laughs> um, room. It has been a big year for assholes, Feinberg, and yet uh, Trump isn't president anymore. And so... The reason I wanted to have you on, the reason I wanted to talk to you, the reason we wanted to talk to you, I'm including Roth here. I was not consulted on any of this. <laughs> is that um, I I can only say personally that I have a lot of hate reading fatigue after four years of Trump. I wish I did. And I, Well, that's why I wanted to ask you. Yeah. I, you don't feel that way. Can I ask you why not? And do you feel like you are an anomaly in that regard? Or am I the anomaly? Uh, I mean, I I don't think 
either of us are anomalies. I think it's just there's the type of person who is maybe a little bit more well-adjusted to the world and who uh, has perhaps, uh, they have found other ways to feel fulfilled that aren't uh, getting really, really fucking mad at people you've (laughs) never met in real life. I am not one of those people. You might be to some degree. but uh, I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, it's, there's a degree like uh, Barry Weiss's shit. I, I will never not, read even though like i'm exhausted by her as a presence but the thing is she's people her and like people like jesse single are just like they're so profoundly dumb that it, it's always at least some degree of like hilarious there's there's never like it's never just purely uh like venom and like bullshit because they're they're too stupid to do it correctly so it, it it's like uh it's like watching like a better satire than Saturday Night Live could ever pull off. It's because it's like real. Yeah, it's earned. I think yeah. this is like, this is what I've, I think is like why I have an easier time reading your coverage of those nightmare people than I do reading the original source material mm-hmm. is that like, I, it is funny. Like it's weird in the same way that like Barry Weiss's stuff still has this like, the vibe of like a 13 year old showing out for her dad and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. being like, look at what a good job I did getting this person in trouble. Like may I have she can't write, man. Yeah. <laughs> she can't fucking write. No, she's terrible. And her, she seems to be turning her newsletter now into like just sort of an all purpose letters to the editor. It's thing incredible. Like, it's like, it's, it's the best fucking, uh, like easiest money I've ever seen anyone do. Like she doesn't have to do shit. People like come to her with their like, racist like uh crackpot letters that they sent to like two people at their child's private lower school because there were like because peanut butter was banned from like yeah. after school and, they're, like, and, and that's like critical race theory yeah, to them. Yeah. so they're like really upset about it yeah it's always it's always hey my school's gonna have a mexican in it what yeah. like but, that's all they write so the that's point all that, they of what ashley was saying too which is incredible like that letter in the time i think it was it was either you yeah. Or it could have been one of the other people that pointed it out. That, like, in the time between when that dad added like two her. two hours. And then, like, two hours later, it's in 15,000 inboxes. And people are like, wow, this guy uh, really makes some strong points about how upset he is. Could the two of you give more background on that to our audience who yes. may or may not know what the fuck it is? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... The, the normal people that listen yeah, to the podcast. Can, I, you do, can you do them the discourtesy of explaining it? I, I love nothing more damage. than, like, showing people horrible things, so I'd gladly. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, so I assume they have some knowledge who, who Barry is, our friend Barry Weiss. Barry Weiss. Former, yeah. former New York Times columnist uh, Barry Weiss, who was yeah. uh, relegated at one point to Australia and yet somehow never went away and then uh, left the Times... Uh, you know, a conscious uncoupling of some sort, and yeah, started well, she, to subsect because she she was so silenced. She, she's often you know, people often claim that she was like fired or forced to retire, but like what happened is like her coworkers hated her because she's an asshole to them, and uh, <laughs> it's embarrassing to be associated with. And so uh, eventually she quit because she was very clearly trying to get fired for a long time, and they just like wouldn't do it, which was really smart on their part because that would have been a fucking nightmare to deal with. But, Another uh, great gambit yeah. in the last few years, too. Like, people, like, desperately trying to martyr themselves, and the editors are like, no, the standards for you are very low. Yeah, and, all, and also, they, they knew what would happen if they fired her. Like, that's, like, it's, it's not worth it. Uh, and, yeah, and then she quit with this, like, 
10,000 word long resignation letter that is still on her website. It's one of the headers that says resignation letter from the Times or something. Uh, she was very proud of it, basically just called all her coworkers Nazis and that she was being silenced and blah, blah, blah. But uh, now she has a substack, and uh, a lot of what it consists of is aggrieved parents or aggrieved teachers who are mad that they can't uh, say that white people aren't uh, privileged in front of 10,000 students at their school, uh, basically just like sending her emails complaining about that fact. And uh, she has an insane number of subscribers, as far as I can tell. It's funny because it, it plays like a mirror image of like one of the really good substacks, which is like Luke O'Neill's, which he uses as a reporter, you know, so mm -hmm. he'll like identify an issue and then he'll find people that are actually like, what is it like to work in a grocery store during the right. pandemic? Right. And yeah. They will write in and he'll like talk to them and, you know, do the journalistic work that's required to tell the story about people that are, you know, underseen or like under understood in terms of how this goes. And Barry is doing that for the people with the single, like, the biggest platform, the loudest microphones, and the worst opinions. Like, so just, like, rich guys that are mad mm -hmm. about, like, yeah, the fact that they, um, like, that they're being silenced for sending their kid to school with an almond butter. Well, it's not, it's not enlightening either. Like, I'm going to learn something from, you know, uh, tales from, like, two dozen people who have to work in an Amazon warehouse all across the country, you know, and they, they got shit in a bag and all that stuff. I already know if it's one letter from one, you know, suburban dad, you know, who's pissed about like integration in his school, that I, that's not reporting. I know what I'm getting yeah, right away. Get, it's yeah. very easy to find too. That like it's not hard to find out what assholes think. And what but, kills me, Feinberg, is that it's always presented like with an extraordinary amount of hype, like like Barry or whoever else. Because I don't even feel like. I, I feel just gross even mentioning her name. She doesn't deserve that. But it's, they're always like, wow, this one is a hot one. going to be tough for you people to handle this, but this is some serious fire being spat. So check it out. <laughs> well, From that's what's Buckley incredible. Worthington the 6th. That, that's amazing. It's like she, she's very, very dumb. And so she is. She she knows how to like create the uh, – sort of in the same way Trump knows how to create the cadence of a joke without actually necessarily telling a joke. Barry knows how to create like the cadence of like – being outraged about certain things, but I don't think she fully understands like exactly like what the specific grievances and like feelings of her base are because she started doing things like like last week she said like this is a total barn burner of a letter like blah 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 and like in it at one point the the dad who was complaining about I don't you know fucking remember what it was something as kids private school uh, like having to learn about race it was a yeah critical yeah race he said he said systemic racism hadn't existed in the u.s and since like the civil rights era basically and even barry's like followers like who like love her were like i don't know about this one and like they're like barry <laughs> you're so smart like how could you like publish this letter like didn't you read it and like there's like completely baffled and then also the, the 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 nut allergies one there was something about how nut allergies are for like woke whatever and like that's her exact face is like parents who freak out about nut allergies like she's completely like trying to lose the the whole thread there I like the idea of her, like, just people that read her shit strictly to get upset, being like, <laughs> a rare miss, queen. This was too stupid for me, actually. <laughs> also, you know, bitching about nut allergies is like, 
Like so many of these complaints are like recycled from '90s stand-up bits. Like, oh yeah, you know. yeah, it's all like fucking Dennis Leary stuff now. That's yeah. like basically what, like, except for yeah. you know, you update who you're like, who you can't stand. Yeah, like you're telling me I can't smoke at a football game. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't. It 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 kills me that this is. This is happening. So what the I one thing to... I'll say about oh, the hate ahead. reading stuff, uh, to Drew's point with this though, is that I think that um, I sort of fall, I think, in between Drew and Ashley in terms of what my my garbage tolerance is, like just how much sludge I'm willing to consume um, in over the course of a day. And actually, I respect that you are as happy and normal as you are. Which... No, I I take no offense to anyone who does not share my love of like genuinely objectively awful things. That that. <laughs> Yeah, but there is something about it that I think is kind of like, especially now that I mean it's it's easier I think to take now that this is uh, like the moment feels less like we're just being totally dominated at mm-hmm. every facet by reactionary. Yeah, is that like it's so cartoonish and bizarre. Like some of the Trashberg posts that I've enjoyed the most are like where you sort of piece together what Donald Trump's day to day life is like at Mar-a-Lago using Instagram posts from these like incredible florida mutants that hang out there all day long to like give him a standing round of applause whenever they see him and it's like that is essential like that's like actually because it's like that's the part of him that's always been hardest to scan to me it's like what is this where did this person come from how did they develop this way and what kind of life produces this type of mutant and like Mm -hmm. It's actually, I think, important to know how, like, rich people live and how uh, <laughs> shitty some of it is. Yeah, no, I mean, Mar-a-Lago especially is, like, a fucking cesspool. Like, if I'm, I'm sure you didn't watch this because anyone, almost no one should have, but uh, Matt Gates's <laughs> proposal video of when he proposed to his, <laughs> his, his fiance, uh, Palmer Lucky's sister, like, um, as soon as he does it, like, Judge Janine, like, because it was at Mar-a-Lago, he was in, like, the dining room Mar-a-Lago, and as soon as he proposed, like, Judge Janine comes up, like, Pam Bondi comes up, like, it's just, like, a fucking, like, murderous row of, like, idiot assholes, like, just, like, they're constantly, like, I don't know if they live there, or, like, if they're just, like, constantly eating there, or, like, what, but there's always just, like, at least 20 moderately famous political figures who have done untold amounts of damage to the world. Yeah, it's, that's a part of it, there was a bunch, I sort of, like, was uh, binging on those after, like, after Trump finally left, uh, mm-hmm. Mo Kocic wrote a good one about what it was like to be a fine dining uh, server in D.C. while they were in power. And it's like, it's, all they do is fucking hang out with each other. Like, all yeah. the, like, sort of Trump hanger-ons, like, they don't really, like, work very Yeah, they don't much. work. Yeah. yeah. And so they just, like, spend all day near each other trying to do, like, multi-level marketing scams and, like, <laughs> crypto shit to each other. Which is kind of inspiring in some ways, because that's, like, absolutely them living their fullest, like, most fully expressed truth. Well, what's interesting to me is that now that Trump's out of power, it feels, and this could be wishful thinking on my part, but it feels like the air of legitimacy around these psychopaths doesn't exist anymore because it doesn't have Trump's imprimatur, like, at the top. Mm -hmm. So someone like Matt Gaetz and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're scum. They don't belong in government. They should be kicked out. They're horrible people. All of that stuff, but also without um, without the executive legitimacy that they you know could have enjoyed at one point. Marjorie Taylor Greene is new to Congress, so she didn't have it before. But it feels like they should be more easily uh, isolated and essentially ignored. And I know that sounds bad to ignore the Nazis. You should pay attention to them and all that stuff. But I think they deserve a certain amount of obscurity now that 
the head Nazi is no longer around. Am I right. wrong, Feinberg? No, I mean, I think you're right. And that's like, also, that is like something that I struggle with is like how much attention is like past a certain point just doing harm as opposed to like enlightening anything. But then also, it's often too funny to not do something with. So it's a, it's a constant internal battle. Yeah, like I, I feel like that's a, it's you're giving people a choice. You know, it's like putting a calorie count on a fast food menu. You know, that like basically if I open one of your posts and you're like, there's this one realtor who wears really crazy glasses and is always taking realtor Valentina. Of with yep. Yeah, right. See, see, you get to know her name and more <laughs> about her. I have the choice after looking at the calorie count of being like, do I want to know who this person is or not? And like I, I said yes. I haven't really kept up uh, with her as much as you have, but that's uh, well, that's did, the service did, did, did you provide. You see- did you see the post like the day after that Mar-a-Lago post went up? She posted an Instagram photo of her with just like it was like a bag, like it was just, like, it was, like a it was like a bag you would see in like a fifties like stereotypical like bank robbery thing, just like full of wads of cash. And it was like her like <laughs> beaming over this like this like pile of money. I, I don't know where it come from, came from or like really what she does exactly, but, but probably a legitimate business. I mean, she yeah. sells luxury real estate to Russian people in South <laughs> Florida. Gosh, I don't see what's too. so weird about that. <laughs> so I I wanted to ask you Feinberg just from a straight uh, from a straight marketing standpoint, mm-hmm. you feel like it's harder now to get your work across to people. Like, are you in the same position that uh, the cable news networks are in, where there's no more Trump anymore, so everyone can kind of ease off and be like, okay, I don't actually have to pay attention to the news anymore because it's not like it's not life or death every fucking day that some that the mm-hmm. president's going to say something deranged. Or something awful is going to happen. Like, there might actually be a normal day, and I don't really have to... I don't have to be as vigilant about this shit as I used to be. Do you feel, um, with your readership, or or just in your work in general, that there that there is less of a hunger for it? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm unusual in this regard, I think, in that I would prefer that lots of people not read my shit, just because it's, <laughs> too, it's like, too much to, like, deal with. I, I, I would much prefer that, like a smaller amount of like absolute like freaks who like very much understand what I'm doing, read it and absolutely no one else, which uh, is actually like Substack is good for that because when there is something that like people would get really fucking mad at me for because any number of reasons, like I can just make it uh, paywalled. Well, I was always worrying about that. Like, cause uh, like Chrissy Teigen came back to Twitter this week and uh, or was it last week? I don't know. Everyone always comes back, but she was at that point where I don't know. She had how many million followers? Three or four million followers. And I figured like, like you get to that point, like it's true. Your audience is just whatever you whatever you tweet, you're just gonna get way too much shit from all the other commenters, good and bad. That it's mm-hmm. not really worth you saying much of anything. So I get what you're saying, where it's like it's better to have the small dedicated fans than to have 4 million people read your shit and only like, only like 0.5% of them actually get it. Well, yeah. And, that, and that's the other thing is like, cause like when I've done posts, like the finding the James Comey Twitter post or like anything else that like gets like very wide appeal, I'll get all these kind of resistance lib followers. Like that all just like swarm <laughs> in and, and then for like months afterwards, there's just like constantly like people with like the little blue wave emoji in their, in their username, just like furious <laughs> at me for like, either like posting some like a, a cartoon like dick or like posting a photo of like Trump's neck that looks like a vagina or just like just uh, <laughs> the, 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 the content. Uh, 
I love and and cherish is uh, not as well received by them. So it takes a while of like a, a attrition where they kind of weed out once they realize what what, what they've done. But uh, yeah, they get so on I you for that like the neck knuckle. They're like, this is beneath you. Are you <laughs> like, like? I assure I, you, it's not. Like, what is they're like, I don't want to hear about this guy anymore. I'm like, then why are you fucking following my account? That's like ninety percent pics of like Ted Cruz's like extra skin. <laughs> I think as agnostic as I, and I am broadly agnostic about about Substack. I think it's like with everything else, it's like you know what you make it. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a good fit for especially for your stuff because like this is really like a very uh, pure distillation of the Ashley Feinberg experience. I think in terms of like just the posts that I've read so far, and I think that's good in the sense that like not that you can't write in your adult voice for grown-up websites and stuff like that. Like the, but this is like, it feels like you're having fun with the weird stuff that you have fun with. And like, that seems to me like a good use for Substack as long as it's not being, you know, but obviously, as you said earlier, like the things right. that Barry Weiss has fun with are not uh, fun. <laughs> Let's yeah, say I mean, that's a little fuck. Oh, no, that's all right. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ashley. No, no, no. My, ear, my headphone fell out. Oh, oh, well, that, that is fascinating. I want to know more about it. We got to talk about that after you come back. We're back. All right. Uh, by the way, we didn't talk any sports uh, yet, Roth. And Feinberg is a huge sports fan. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So really, Actually, that was... you know what I, I've, I've been thinking is uh, the Sacramento Kings should be giving Tyrese Halliburton more minutes. because No, no. <laughs> Get Patrick out of here. <laughs> That's a plant. That's that is that is a planted complaint. I, actually, I, I did. I was hoping that maybe you. I've, I've been saying that. So to take people behind the scenes, I was getting DMs from Patrick about writing a Kings blog while Ashley was talking. So to hear it again coming from a second <laughs> source on this podcast, like I feel completely surrounded now. This is not a safe space for me. At I was all. actually hoping that Feinberg could explain the Lakers catfishing scandal to me. Cause I, the second I saw it, I was like, I don't want to know anything about that ever, ever, ever. But Feinberg can make that sort of stuff palatable. So if she knew, but do you know about the Lakers catfishing scandal, Ashley? Well, no, I, I, I so I asked Barry Stammer and Tommy Craggs to give me a line to that sounded very impressive. Spoiler: the sports related, but not, none of them gave me a, a Lakers catfishing thing. Well, you did have one sports fan interaction yesterday that I know because you posted about it. That oh, yeah. dude that showed mm-hmm. up in your DMs, uh, like calling you names in Cockney language, was trying mm-hmm. to DM the head of Chelsea Football Club about the freaking Super League. Oh, because his name is Mike Ashley, and that's when you were like, "I think you've got the wrong Ashley, dude." And he's like, <laughs> "Cheers, hen, carry on, hip hip." <laughs> like, it's chim chim cheerio. Uh, that's what he was looking for. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it turns out you are like, even if you don't uh, care about international soccer hijinks, international soccer hijinks. Sports will are all around us. Yeah. The Super League thing, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry uh, if this is if this goes over your head, Feinberg, but. Uh, the the Super League thing, I liked, I liked seeing all the Americans chime in on it from the American point of view, where it's like, what's so bad about that? Like they all had, like ten years ago, I was a sort of ignorant soccer fan who was like, I mean, fan is such a such a loose word there, but I was like, there are too many leagues, there's too many games, like they have a bunch of championships. Soccer doesn't make any sense. Just be one thing, like the NBA and. The rest of the, the Desmond staff at the time was like, Drew, you're a fucking moron. Here's why. It's cool. And I started watching you know, Premier League and stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so now the Super League comes along, 
and essentially is like a realization of everything idiot American fans want to happen to soccer. And they have to be told again, like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like 34 year old Drew coming back to haunt 44 year old Drew, where I got to hear all these shitty takes from Stuart Mandel and probably Albert Breer and all these assholes who are like, well, what's so bad about what, why do we want to see uh, good teams play bad teams? We don't want that. So, uh, yeah, I think that, well, go ahead. I think that there's a, uh... Something about it that, like, I it was very, I found it very heartening to see people actually expressing revulsion at the idea of being like, well, why don't we just get rid of the poor teams and just have the rich teams play each other? And then the poor teams can have their own league that no one cares about, but they're free to do that. Right. Like, it's good that people saw that and were like, including fans of the rich teams, and were like, no, that sucks. Right. That's not what we like. Right. Please don't do it. And then they didn't. All right. Uh, let's get back to uh, let's get back to fun and games because we have to play some. We oh. have to do some some fun stupid shit with Feinberg. Feinberg, would you like to play Dead or Cancelled? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that is, but that sounds up my alley. All right. Well, then, good because <laughs> I'm going to give you someone's name. You have to tell me whether or not they're dead or cancelled. If they're both, dead takes precedence. You got that? Wait, wait, wait. What? All right. I'm going to give I'm going to give you the name of a famous person. And you have to tell me whether or not they're dead or canceled. If they are dead and canceled, you say dead. Got it? All right? Okay. All right. I think so. All right. Can you tell me whether this person is dead or canceled? Dennis Hopper. Is Dennis Hopper dead or canceled, Ashley Feinberg? Canceled? Mm. He's dead. Dennis Hopper is dead. I'm sorry. I apologize to the Hopper family. That's a way of being canceled. (laughs) It is. It's it's God's way. (laughs) Canceled by God, yeah. You get a fink slip. The cancellation unto death. And now we get to name our guy of the week. Once a week, we remember a guy, Ashley Feinberg, just a random guy, usually an athlete. But in your case, we're going to dip into the Feinberg well. And remember oh, wow. Lev Parnas. Can you remember Lev Parnas, <laughs> Ashley? Yes. Wait, Lev. Yeah, I think so. Do you remember what he did? Because I don't. It was he was a Russia guy, right? He was a Russia. Yeah. Or Ukraine? Or a Ukraine guy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. but what? What he did? Oh wait! Oh oh! Was was he was he the the ambassador? No, no. he was the, he was like a back channel dude with Giuliani, uh, and helped set up, uh, like basically like was trying to advocate for I believe the dude that was fired that they then uh, the corrupt um, attorney general of the country. I think. Oh, this guy looks familiar. Yeah, the, the, that's the, the way he looks is the one thing I remember. Yeah, about he's, him because he's, he's like he looked, he screams hired goon when you look at him. But he also has that thing where he's like secretly like thirty six, <laughs> like in the way that like Ted Cruz looks like two decades <laughs> older than he is. That's the thing. Where it's like if you spend enough time around Rudy Giuliani, you get some sort of wasting disease that makes you like age and dampen at a really extraordinary rate. I thought Lev was involved in the uh, the first impeachment somehow. Like he was the guy who was like, "Is time for bribery?" Yeah, I don't remember though. I think he was involved. He was like a Michael Cohen sort of grade associate. Ah, uh, we and love that. Uh-huh. You could do like a whole pyramid of of like the associates, and then and then because Trump's no longer in office, no one will pay attention to it because they don't want. Ashley, do you have like a rated rookie pick among the like Mar-a-Lago like nightmares that? Oh yeah, uh, trading of, cards. Like like who's next? You know, like obviously we've got Valentina, the the realtor, and I'm gonna yeah. be keeping a very. I'll be looking into her very strongly. But are there others <laughs> that you uh, that you're thinking about? Like, I'm really into uh, like whatever. There's like a guy that 
does a Donald Trump Jr. impersonation on you I mean, know, whatever Gab or there's, something. There's this one guy on Instagram. I, I can't remember his name, but if, if you look at the Mar-a-Lago tag, like eighty-five percent of the shit that's posted is from him, and he he posts like once every half hour or something. And I I don't know how he's doing it, but he is somehow monitoring the accounts of every single Mar-a-Lago member and just like wow. steals all their shit immediately and just like reposting. He doesn't have a lot of followers. He's not doing this for like any audience as far as I can tell, except for, <laughs> except for him. He, he's photoshopped himself into photos with Donald Trump. It's they're very clearly photoshopped. Oh, wait, so he's a fan. This isn't like, he's not a journalist. No, no, no. He's I, a I, freak. I, can't, I can't tell if he's ever actually met him or not. And uh, he's, he's, he's like a young, a young dude, like moderately, like attractive enough. Like he, he doesn't seem like uh, a social recluse who like doesn't speak to people. But it, I just it, it he fascinates me. I would love to know uh, what his day is like. Yeah, I photoshopping I, yourself into a Trump pick is like absolutely elite level brain damage. I, I absolutely would read a post from you, Feinberg, about this person, and I would read it from no other person. Just you. I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, also, I was wondering, I just had the idea that you should really start NFTs with, like, Trump people highlights. Like, uh, like if we had an NFT of Trump asking uh, if we could bring Joe Paterno back, like, I bet that could sell for, like, <laughs> like 20 bucks on the open crypto market. I really think it could happen. I, I, I the, still barely understand how, how, how that works. I think it's a it's a scam. So somebody will come up with some way to do it involving Trump. I think that that'll be like instead of him actually launching the social network that he keeps saying is coming in two or three weeks or whatever, it's going to be like Don Jr. trying to sell people on like a a cryptocurrency called like Trump coin. (sighs) Yeah, I can't believe he hasn't gone crypto yet. Give it time. It's weird. Give it time. He's got crypto fash, but not crypto coin. I, I'm of the mind that the crypto and NFT stuff is all here to stay. Like it, it's always, you know, it sounds very stupid, but a lot of times when I laugh at it, I kind of feel like the guy who's like, like the guy in 1998 who's like, uh, I don't know about this email thing. Send it to me on paper. Like, um, like I know how shitty it is and I know how nonsensical mm-hmm. it is, but I also know that like, and I, God, I'm not, I don't want to say it's the way of the future, but like there's, it's going to stick around. <laughs> It's going to be there, and we're going to have to deal with it, and it's going to fucking suck. It feels very, like, of the present, too, because it's, like, a purely speculative currency that, like, exists only for people to feel. I mean, like, obviously, it's backed by a thing and Mm -hmm. everything like that, but not in a a way that is meaningful. It's just a way for people to be experts in a way that either makes them rich or makes them poor, but that, like, lets them feel like they're getting over on Yeah, but, man. It's, like, perfect 2021. But Jan McQuaid just found a deli in... Jersey that's worth 120 million dollars on the stock market. So it's like, yeah, it's, yeah I mean, all money is like fake and like none of yes, it's real. Right. Like, that's yeah. So I'm working with Dan on a, a post about that too because I think the deli is like perfect to me, like that because its value increased. It, it's like the value of that stupid fake shell company that was set up for it has gone up like 15 percent since it was revealed that it's fake. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it's like, you can't really argue. I mean, I guess it's everybody's like, I'm just going to, like, get out at the top or whatever. Uh, which is funny, because it's like, what do you fucking know about this deli? Like, but yeah. it's, that's the moment that we're in, I guess, everybody. The people that have money have so much that they can gamble on the place Around where Dan it. got. What actually looked like a pretty good cheese. Yeah, I do want to try I mean, the deli. I mean, maybe it's worth it then. 
Yeah, it was like honestly, it came with a lot of fries. Like I feel like there's some value there. Yeah, you get you get your money's worth. Like you don't get your money's worth as an investor necessarily, but as a customer, and you just want a mm. cup of coffee. I think they'll do you solid. You get a decent cup yeah. of Maxwell House. Hey, Ashley, would you like to dive into the uh, distraction fun bag? I'd, l- I'd love to. You sound so excited about it. I can't. I'm. S- well, she's got experience with the fun bag. She knows what she's in. For uh, John writes in. I am six foot seven, and though I tr- have missed, ugh, I'm six foot seven. I don't believe that for a second. And though I've <laughs> missed tremendously the bars, concerts, restaurants, movie theaters, and even regular retail experiences attended to non-pandemic life. I've loved not being asked how tall I am. Do you have an everyday annoyance that you've been spared by quarantine for which you dread having to build back tolerance? I like that Ashley already disputed John's height. That's great. <laughs> it, there's no way that's true. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm tired of being uh, too impressive to people. What <laughs> bothers you? That actually is my annoyance, though. People are always <laughs> recognizing me, and they're like, I love your shit. All of it. <laughs> Uh, is there anything, uh, anything everyday annoyance that you didn't have to do deal with during quarantine that you dread having to get back to, uh, Ashley? I mean, like, it sounds more of antisocial than I am, but like talking to people in general, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of horrible, like brief conversations I used to have to have that I really haven't in over a year, but it's starting up again. Yeah. It's I, nice. I, I, I talked to some neighbors. Yeah. It, oh, no, so that's not where I was going with that. No, yeah. I, mean, I, 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 t- I talked to a neighbor for, like, the first time in, like, months and months, and uh, uh, I, I felt exhausted afterwards. Like, I am just, like, so not used to, like, having to, like, be interested in, like, where your dog's going right now. I had that, too. My, yeah. my folks visited for the first time. First time I saw them in eight months. They visited last weekend. And then my folks, and so we sit around and we yak all day. At the end of every day, I was, like, destroyed i was like oh my god i just had to socialize oh <laughs> yeah it's it is weird i uh i actually did get to see some friends for the first time in a, a, a long time i mean like that one of my friends lives in minneapolis he was like inoculated and came out to see my friend and the baby that he had with his wife uh who i also had not seen except on instagram because they don't live within walking distance of me and i've hardly taken the train and i went out to see them and it was great, but it was also like I was um, like overwhelmed by it and not in the mm. way that I was like emotional about like a guy playing the accordion <laughs> on the subway when I went to get my oh, vaccine, no. you know, where I was like, New York City's back, you can't kill us, man. <laughs> like in this case, it was like I was talking to like four people at the same time and I was like, this is way, way too many people. <laughs> I can't focus. Like, and I was aware that I was kind of like, I was, you know, doing more or less what you hear me doing now, which is kind of babbling. Right. But uh, I was doing it too much. I was doing it at like <laughs> 1.5 speed because I was just like, it's been, it's been like that with all of this shit that like, I don't, I miss little conversations with people. Like I like small talky stuff, but also like mm-hmm. that atrophied for me. So there's like yeah. a one in three chance that if I go get like a coffee later today that I'm going to call the barista, I'm going to say like happy birthday to them instead of thank you. You know, that like I just am yeah. like none of the, the things are firing the way that they're supposed to be. Firing. I think I also uh, I've gotten used to uh, to delivery errands instead of doing the errands and not having to drive my kids everywhere because I have three kids between nine and 15. And normally if this were not in the, a pandemic, like every night I would have to drive them somewhere and it would fucking suck. And I haven't had to do that for a year and it's been 
wonderful. At five o'clock, <laughs> I can just fuck off and just do whatever I want. And that's going to end. Like, I'm going to have to actually take drive. you places. Go. Oh, all right. Get, get your ass down here and yeah. do it. Uh, you want another question, Feinberg? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Yuri writes in, ever notice there's a certain blue-collar trend among types of toys available to toddlers? Dump trucks, fire trucks, 90s Ford, Crown Vic, police cruisers, etc. Is there some conspiracy within Big Toy to turn all the youth of today into Republicans? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, I mean, the conspiracy would have had to be going back, what, how, how many years? Like a century? I mean, how long have kids been playing with like little pickup trucks? It's been a long, yeah. long time. Like it's usually this feels a little too eye emoji to me. I think kids just naturally like trucks. Like I like I'm, trucks. I'm, I'm trying to imagine like like a left wing for like what like kids gonna be playing with like a fucking <laughs> enter the space of a Barry Weiss letter reader or a writer. Get in get into that. No one like, wants to grow up to be no one wants to grow up to be a vaccine administrator. That's not what little boys want. Oh, they wanted to become, this is a little molecular chef set, little tweezers to put a microgreen on something. Yeah, like, I guess like a little Starbucks. Like, I mean, they have, sorry, I was, I was seeing like a little tiny, tiny uh, copy of uh, Capital, but like, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got. Like DOS Capital. I like, I, I think that it's perfectly natural for kids to gravitate to their, toward that stuff. And it's been around so long that I don't necessarily think those jobs, although, Police is a whole other story. We know that now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, wanting to be a policeman or a fireman or all that stuff, I don't think that there was, you know, I don't think that was sort of instilling any sort of, it wasn't preconditioning a child to become a Republican. Those things just naturally gravitated toward Republicans because they were, they just all got twisted and shitty and horrible. So, and that is my, that's my eloquent version of putting it. I've never got, I mean, I get it. Cause I, I think it's mostly because we don't have, kids or anything like that but the every you know now and then there'll be a story a friend of mine wrote one about like years ago for slate about like the uh the sort of twisted cultural like politics of thomas the tank engine there's been a lot of stuff yeah. about like paw patrol is like secretly fash or whatever and like i always read it and i'm kind of like well maybe like that sounds kind of bad <laughs> but it's also like that's a you problem and not a me problem to a certain extent so i kind of read it idly yeah but also like i don't know i mean I'm trying to think. Like, I I feel like a lot of the a lot of the stuff happens because, like, I mean, Republican politics are like very like simple and like uh, very not complex, and I, which is like part of the appeal, I think. And so it's natural for like kids who are idiots to like grapple with that stuff a lot easier. That's true. Like, basically, if your entire like if what's left of your domestic policy is just like it's like smashing a truck into a problem <laughs> until the problem goes away. It yeah, kind of exactly. Sense. I also, I've, I've, I've actually had disputes with my wife because uh, my youngest son likes like Nerf guns and like, he likes like uh, first person shooters and stuff like that. And I'm mm -hmm. like, whatever, that's what I liked as a kid and all that stuff. She's like, mm, I don't know. And I was like, I, I don't know. He's got to get his kicked out somehow. Better he's doing that than firing a real ass gun. So I'm probably part of the problem. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how much that stuff really like uh, indicates later in life, like affinity towards violence or whatever. Well, yeah, look, like I'm like about as much of an off the rack, rootless cosmopolite as <laughs> you could imagine. And I was like a fanatic for cars when I was. I mean, before I got vaccinated, there the most profound experience I'd ever had at the Javits Center was going to the car show with my dad every oh, year. Oh, the... like that was long before I experienced the wonder of uh, 
being vaccinated against a plane. I did love auto shows. <laughs> like like when you saw like a futuristic car that had three wheels and you're like, oh wow. Yeah. That, like I remember that like, looks practical. Like getting like basically teary at like those like suicide doors that go straight up. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's even more beautiful than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh my God, that car is also a boat. That is fantastic. I feel like a spy. <laughs> Just looking at it. I don't even own it. Hey, Trevor writes in, I'm an old man at 44, and I collect all sorts of things. Video games, comics, records, and other nerdy paraphernalia. I am married with kids and have been for over 16 years. Is this common, or am I a weirdo living in a weirdo world? A middle-aged man, curious if he's old because he collects things. I don't think it's necessarily a new phenomenon, Ashley. Well, one thing that might make him feel better is I still, I don't know if it's a collection so much as like hoarding, but I still have all my baby teeth. And in a little wow, wow, yeah. Wait, I feel on, on, to like see them. near They're you my, now? Do you mean in your mouth? Yeah, you, or? do you want to see them? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go get them. Hold on. All right, so not in your. No, you do not need to get your. teeth. I want to see your teeth. <laughs> I thought you meant in her mouth because uh, my my wife occasionally like she has a couple of baby teeth that did not come out. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I honestly would have thought that was impossible. No, no, no. It it's possible, and I have the bills to prove it. So it's like it. <laughs> It really sucks. All right. Oh, man. Ash- Ashley Feinberg's. this is not a uh, One of my visual favorite medium, things to show so our listeners will have to listen. To- oh, wow. Yep, upsetting. It's a here's tiny one. little tooth. Here's, here's, here's another one. Nice, looking like an incisor yeah. there. Uh, this, one was, this one was broken, but you can see. Oh, boy. Yeah. Poor How did you come it. to, like, you just <laughs> got them back from your parents at some point? Uh, so, for some reason, my mom saved them all in this little jar and uh i was going through her shit and found it and i was at first alarmed and then delighted because there's the print potential here is really unlimited yeah i mean that's yeah. the, it definitely is like as upsetting a thing as you can have and still be like well they're for a thing i'm gonna do a bit i'm gonna put one in a burrito and well, then get I, free I, burritos I for life what- when I, when I had roommates, I would, like, leave them on, on their pillow every once in a while. Like, <laughs> or, like uh, someone suggested a necklace, which, which I feel like makes it too hard to leave them in places, but we'll see. You could, you could do I a reverse tooth fairy with your roommate. Say, listen, put $5 under your pillow, and in the morning, <laughs> a tooth appears. <laughs> my grandma, <laughs> my grandma had her tonsils out. This is according to my dad. My, my grandma, who, she's not alive anymore. Uh, and when she got her tonsils out, she saved them in a jar, and uh, and my dad was completely yeah. grossed out about it. But I w- I feel left out because I wanted to see what the fucking tonsils look like because I don't know what That's tonsils awesome. even look where, like. Where where are they now? Well, she, uh, she died, <laughs> and I I think I assume my dad just threw them out. He didn't. He wasn't gonna keep her tonsils. Can you just throw that out? I feel like that's like a. Even I don't think it's like sacred. I don't think he was gonna like burn them with sage or anything like that. Just... Yeah, or or just being like, this is like that's all I have left of her. This hideous thing. I mean, I would have paid a lot of money for a jar of consoles, regardless of whose they were. You should go to like the Mutter Museum <laughs> in Philly and look at all the old like preserved body parts and brains and jars and shit like that. Can I say one thing to Trevor, earnestly answering his question as far as <laughs> yeah. I uh, understand yeah. it, though? Because like. To me, like, I don't think it's weird that you collect things as an adult. I think it's the surprising part is that you're doing it while you also still have kids. And I respect that. Like, I think that there's I came into possession of a lot of my friends um, otherwise unsaleable shit that they were collecting when they started having children. That it was basically like not, you know, I have buddies that collect sneakers and records and stuff like that. And like they would divest themselves of them as needed, you know, like for money or for space or whatever. 
But the stuff that was really like my friend Scott sending me his like collect gigantic collectible dream team cups that he got from McDonald's when he was a kid. Or my friend Jay just sending me boxes of like skybox basketball cards with a note apologizing to my wife for having done so. <laughs> the, like that stuff is like that was literally them being like, Well, all this shit I have piled up here, like I need to move that so I can put a bassinet there for a child mm-hmm. to sleep in. And if Trevor has managed to like keep all of this stuff and find a way to like not just have it not get like drooled on or gnawed on by children when they're little, but like find enough space for it then like i uh i salute his uh logistics and uh planning. i legit yeah my de- power to trevor i think it depends yeah. on what you're collecting if you're collecting old books and records and and even stamps or coins like i get all that old man shit but i've seen too many like john lassiter's and harry Knowles's where like if you're collecting like like figurines from movies and like, or like you have an yeah, entire, right. if you have a Funko pop. Yeah. Vault. Or you have an entire, <laughs> you have an entire room decade to like star Wars Legos or something. You're a fucking pervert, you know, like I, <laughs> I think you are like, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to ride with that. So I really think it depends on, on what you collect. You should collect something age appropriate. Otherwise I'm going to think you're a fucking diddler. Yeah. If you find yourself typing the sentence, the Funko pops were decimated into a text box. <laughs> with a sense of umbrage behind it uh you have to change i was offered uh i was asked to write a copy on the package for the funko pop for the struts uh because i'm wow. Wow. Oh, friends with the struts and i i said no because i did the liner notes Why? for their album i did the liner notes for their album which was awesome and then they said what well, do you want to do the copy for the funko pop and i was like well no because then i'm just doing like it's not for you guys. It's for whoever makes fucking Funko Pops, and that's just copy for free. It's also just humiliating to have your name on a Funko Pops box. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were steering into the like. Well, everybody that's ever won Chopped is offered the opportunity <laughs> to have a Funko Pop of themselves made. One day it's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> it's it's like arms go like this, like the little thumbs move. It's really great. Chris writes in. He says, "I've always considered the Foo Fighters my Mendoza line for rock music. I like Foo Fighters." I bought several of their CDs when that was a thing. They're a good band I listen to, but they are the worst good band that I listen to. If I listen to a new band, I ask myself, do I like this better than the Foo Fighters before I deciding if I'm going to spend more time listening to them? Do you have a Mendoza line band? I have never thought of this concept in my life. Ashley, do you have a Mendoza line band? I probably, I mean, not consciously. I'm trying to think of the worst band that I like. I mean... The most, the most embarrassing thing, I, I, the like the song that I feel most ashamed of listening to when I'm like on the subway and I like think a lot about like what people would think of me if they knew I was listening to this is uh, uh, "Rockstar" by uh, Nickelback, right? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A very, it's, it's very bold. It's I'm I'm I am ashamed, but I'm, I'm I embrace my my fears and uh, it's a catchy song. I'm not. It, it's it's a catchy song. The video the video is fun to watch. Uh, uh, I'm not going to apologize. That's also for this. why they make in ear headphones. Like you don't need to like like be yeah. accountable to everyone around you for every. See that's different. That I think I think you're day. allowed like a one one Nickelback song or like there's a puddle of mud song I really like. Or you're allowed like. Oh, that's a, a great band. That's that's not embarrassing whatsoever. There's a Creed. There's a Creed <laughs> song I like. There's literally one Creed song I like. And you're I think you're allowed. What is it? One. Is it the one where he's like hey, hey, hey <laughs> yeah. like that one? <laughs> That's why we got, hello, my friend, we'll meet again. 
And and he makes does a Christ pose and all that stuff. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Uh, the one song you're talking about. There. I think it's I think it's actually it's the one. It's called My Sacrifice. It's of course yeah. it's called My Sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of. I mean, I have stuff like that. That I think that's the uh, the difference between like music that you would put on with other people in the car and music that mm-hmm. you would put on if it was just you. And right, like, right, right. there is something kind of shameful about like. Like, I remember when it was a thing to, like, burn CDs, make mixed CDs or whatever. I had a, a car with a CD player that I remember lending to a friend once, and it just had a bunch of the old, like, burned mixes that were in there. And he was, like, driving with some other friends out someplace, and they, like, put one in, and they were like, yeah, we didn't really like it. Like, we don't really like all this, like, late-period Afghan wig stuff where it's, like, Greg Dooley <laughs> yodeling about being on cocaine or whatever. Like, that sounded really dorky to us. And... I understood, you know, and I was like, well, I'm so sorry you didn't like the mixtape I made for myself with the expectation that maybe my wife would tolerate it. But like, yeah, it's like, it's for you. You don't need to apologize for, um, for liking Creed. Maybe Creed I, I just would can't, be yeah. one you could apologize for. I, can't just, I just can't think of a set, a band that like is, sets a line that like I can go hard over hard. Because like my enjoyment of Foo Fighters like varies from like, decade to decade like mm-hmm. you know in the 90s i was like oh my god they're better than nirvana you know and then like 10 years ago i was like well that's old man shit and then i saw them once at the anthem like a few years ago and i was like oh yeah they still rock they still got it so i'm like you know i go in and out with bands the same way i did with like i went in and out with fountains of wayne which i felt really bad about uh-huh. uh when adam schlesinger died of covid early in the pandemic uh but there was a there was a point where it was the same with fountains of wayne and weezer where like, I really liked them for a brief period, and then I, like, could not listen to them. And then, like, a few, like 10 years after that... When like, couldn't you listen to Weezer? Like, in, like, 2000, like, Green Album, like, era. And, like, in college with, like, Blue Album oh. and stuff like that. There's some some very bad Weezer music. There, there is, like... They, There's, there is less good Weezer music, but all of it... I mean, all of it's better than Creed, I will say that much. All right. There, well, there was a point this is where very open and honest exchange here. <laughs> <laughs> just, like ranking, what's your favorite toilet accident? Sonic. Well, well like I, I saw them open for uh, for Andrew Yang at a rally in Iowa. Oh Wait, what? God. Yeah, Dude. that's true. I was sent by I was sent by Jen because Andrew Yang had a campaign rally in Iowa, like during the primaries, uh. and and. Uh, and Weezer open for him, and, and so then uh, Andrew Yang, I, 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 I wish I hadn't done that. And then, yeah. and then Andrew Yang came out on stage. He's like, "How cool is it that Weezer's here, everybody?" And everyone uh. was like, like, "It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point, my point was going to be that, like, right around Beverly Hills, like Weezer was like, "All right, we're just going to make the dumbest shit possible, and and you guys just going to eat it up because you're morons." And those Andrew are the songs Yang we're as late period Weezer is a thought that I'm going to need to sit with for a little bit. Cause that yeah, actually feel, scans a hundred percent. I don't know why I feel like uh betrayed in some capacity, but like, I really do. Yeah. By Weezer though. No, but by Weezer. Yeah. 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 Uh, One thing I always enjoyed, like as a subplot from the last election was when uh like prominent indie bands would play three songs before a Bernie rally. And then he would get out there and be like, <laughs> Joyce Manor. Thank you so much. <laughs> Other music. <laughs> like, he did. He did one with like the Strokes and stuff like that. You definitely knew he didn't know who the Strokes were and didn't give a fuck. But uh, Chris writes in, which famous novelist would make the most compelling sports talking head? Would Bukowski absolutely crush first take? Would Mark Twain rack up points on Around the Horn? For this question, Feinberg, we can, ex- we can expand to the political realm too. Which famous novelist would be the best talking head on television? I'm trying to think of like a fucking... 
Scott Walker equivalent. <laughs> like you want somebody really unsettling and kind of with a like an an energy that makes people want to leave. That's what you're. I mean that for? that that's like the cable news baseline. It's, uh, I guess it kind of is that kind of hard to watch. Like not very smart. Uh, yeah, just vaguely vaguely alarming. Oh, Mailer has a little bit of that too, because he was always a little angry and disheveled. He was a talking to a head. Extent. Like he would go on talk yeah. shows and just yell at people because he was an asshole. So I feel like I feel like he I yeah. feel like it's almost a cheat to mention him. And I don't want to get in the way of Feinberg's answer. No, I mean, uh I don't know. It's just I have to think about it. For I some would, reason I'm like stuck on James Joyce. I think he would be kind of a funny because he's also like was like secretly or not secretly like he was a pervert. Yeah, he wasn't that secret. He was super horny, yeah. yeah. Super horny, super smug. Like, I mean, and brilliant too. But like, that's basically like it, that's like Fox News. Like, except for the fact that he'd do too well at it. I think that that's an interesting. Yeah, point. well, I mean, he he just keep talking about like streaming consciousness and shit. Like, like you need to be able to just, like say shit, and he would have shit to say. Yeah. Well, I think he would. He would be able to keep talking like he just as like right. as somebody that like knows the la- like language in and out but yeah a lot of it would be kind of like strange descriptions of you know whatever hotel bedrooms and stuff is that really better or worse than like whatever judge janine begins her it would be that sounds like what judge janine talks about like it's just like fucking yeah. stream of consciousness like random descriptions of things she has seen in her like nightmares and that was such a good bit at the end of the 2020 election where they were all like routinely uh the like elder mages of the Fox News universe would like short out while they were talking. There's a lot of Dobbs <laughs> doing this where like it almost seemed like a medical incident, but it wasn't where he'd be going on and just be like, and that's why the wall must be construed. <laughs> and then <laughs> just like pick it back up like a few seconds later. Like Janine had a lot of that stuff where you just kind of like some like a little sprocket bursts. Well, she then, was like, like fucking hammered every at, night. So like she yeah, also so, that. So, something might have actually burst, but Yep. Yeah, the other thing is we don't, you know, I mean, I know we talk about it, but it's not said enough on news on how drunk these people are just all the time. Just yeah. completely drunk. Like, Simpl- even if you, like... Another area where novelists would do Like, well, even, like, the internet, <laughs> the entire internet knows Trump Jr.'s, like, just got, like, just, like, got coke, like, in bags in his asshole. And, like, yeah. you never get that on cable news. They're never going to be, like, Donald Trump Jr., who's totally high all the time, said this today. Like, they report it straight face, and you're like, dude... You got to know what's going on. <laughs> Not right. Yeah. I'm glad we like we still have like a minute or two left because uh, Ashley's been covering the, the Don Jr. beat uh, longer mm-hmm. and more heavily than anyone uh, could and or thank should. God. Thank God for that. What is going on with his uh, voice and face right now? Because it it seems like things are are not working the way they're supposed to work. I mean, as far as I can, what, my my understanding of this all is that uh, I mean, he so he, he stepped away from like the business side of things during his dad's presidency because uh, he was like finally useful because he related to like blue collar folks. He was he, he was like genuinely a re- Republican before his dad was even really because like hunts and shit and so like people yeah he understood these people and so his dad finally had a use for him would send him out to like do all these like little rallies with like 200 people in like backwoods whatever and uh now that all that's done I, as far as i can tell he hasn't like seen a slogan to his dad in any like actual capacity in months and uh he, he has no use anymore so he, he's like on these like fucking websites like posting videos about uh joe biden's like dog and, and lady gaga and just like kind of like frantically like like grasping for any 
any semblance of like hold he might still have on these people. And it, it, it I, I don't know how long it could possibly go on for, but like, it seems like he's has to reach a breaking point at some point. Either his, his heart will stop or like he'll fade into God fucking knows what. Or he'll achieve perfect enlightenment and just be uh, go live on Mars like Doctor Manhattan style, like just him I'm, being like <laughs> bored with these people, their problems. He'll 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 yeah. drop dead. That's my I stand by my prediction that he drops dead before the old man does. And on that note, let's wrap yeah. up our show. Brandon Nix is a producer and engineer. <laughs> Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. Thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com to while you're at. And please, by God, subscribe to Trashburg.com because it, it, it is the finest exploration uh, of the internet's id that you will ever find. Ashley Feinberg, you are a fantastic guest. Will you come back sometime? I would love to. Hey! Woohoo! Thanks. All right. Yay. See, See you ya. guys. Bye. Bye.